I'm Dr. Diana Fleming, co-author of the Full Plate Diet and the Full Plate Diet Weight Loss Program. We are going to be doing a facilitator workshop, a training workshop on how you can facilitate the Full Plate Diet Weight Loss Program. Okay? Great. Okay. So, has anybody heard of the Lifestyle Center of America? Okay. Um, it, it was sold in December. Um, it was a beautiful, large lifestyle facility on 1,700 acres in rural. I have your PowerPoint if you want to show it, that picture. Oh, you do? You still yeah. have it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because you left it here, remember? We copied it. So I can show it to them. Oh, fabulous. Okay. <laughs> in fact, you have a couple scriptures. I... Yeah, okay, okay. Anyway, this is a picture of the um, facility. Yeah, you can talk about it. I've, worked, I've been there, this summer it'll be 10 years with this organization. <clears throat> they ran lifestyle programs starting in 1996 for 12 years. So they stopped in 2008. And that's what it looks like. Well, we can see um, Beautiful, a beautiful facility in the Arbuckle Mountains of Oklahoma. They call them mountains, they are not mountains, but you know, <laughs> mountains is relative to where you live, I've been told. So anyway, they ran 18-day lifestyle programs, residential programs, people would come and stay there. They were expensive, anywhere from $5,000 to $7,000, $8,000. They had a uh, very dedicated staff of SDA professionals doctors, um, nurses, fitness trainers, nutrition people, um, and uh, they were very highly qualified and they really all had a vision of helping people stop and reverse their chronic disease. Over the years, we've started focusing on diabetes because as the obesity epidemic um, increased, so did the diabetes epidemic. The two parallel each other. And you know, Katja just showed you the statistics. Um, if you're overweight, your, your relative risk of getting diabetes is 10 times greater than somebody who's not. So weight was a big issue. Anyway, we, the doctors provided extensive lab work at the beginning and, and when the, before the guests left. Um, all of us had developed these wonderful PowerPoint presentations with the latest research and the references. And we really went out of our way to give them all the information we could. And when we, they left, you know, they had a book this thick with all the program materials. Um, it was a little bit like graduate school, I used to say. Um, so they had vegan cooking schools where they actually learned how to cook. The food was vegan. You know, everybody knows what the word vegan means? Yeah, no animal products at all, no meat, no dairy. Um, and it was low sodium for diabetics, and then it became uh, low glycemic for diabetics. I mean, we really kept working at it. They had in excellent instruction on how to walk, how to um, lift weights, you know. They could work in a gym, we had a gym, they had a swimming pool, I mean, it was amazing. They had massage, they had hydrotherapy. Beautiful setting, by the way. Beautiful. I loved living there. <laughs> I had to move though when they sold it. Um, they had behavior health counseling and worship. Of course, worship was optional. And I saw a progression in the years I was there. In the beginning, I wasn't there and most of their clientele were Seventh-day Adventists. But as the years went on, most of their clientele were non-Adventists, which is actually what they wanted. You know, they, they wanted to help the Adventist people, of course, but they were really using this as an outreach to non-Adventists. Now, 
when the program was over, most of the people, most of the time, got great results. And um, they lost weight. They lowered their blood sugar, their insulin, their triglycerides, their cholesterol levels. They had more energy. They reduced their medications. They felt good and they gained new hope. And I've been to so many graduation ceremonies and literally cried. I mean, they would, the, the things they would say was amazing. So we know that residential lifestyle programs run by our people work. Our results were no different than Weimar and Black Hills and Yuchi Pines and Wildwood. They all get these amazing results when the people are there. But what do you think happens when the people go home? Right, well, so, you know, we asked around who was doing follow-up data and research on their guests, and there wasn't much of that going on, and I understand why. If you're responsible for running the program, when the program's over, you're exhausted. <laughs> you have no time nor energy to find out what's going on with the people. You know, you're just glad they, they, they left so you can rest up for the next group. <laughs> um, but anyway, we wanted to find out. So they actually devoted staff to doing follow-up, making phone calls one month after they were there, six months, nine months, one year. And you know, there was counseling in, uh, in, um, offered, uh, lots of different things. And I was actually involved in some of the follow-up. So what do you think happened by one year? What, did, what do you think we found out? Yeah, most of the people, most of the time, were not succeeding. Maybe 10%. Now remember, this is mostly non-Adventists. How long was the program? 18 days. So it was even more than the 10 days in Daniel. <laughs> um, so what happened with the, initially the Adventist group that came? You, don't have it today. you know, I don't have the data on the difference. Some Adventists, was like an awakening for them, even though we know this and it's within our church. It was just as new to them as it was to non-Adventists. Others, it was a, like a revival for them and reformation, and some changed their life and some did not. Um, but I don't have actual percentages for you. So it was about 90% that were not really succeeding one year out. So this, look, most of the people there were spending their retirement or their savings. There was a small amount who were very wealthy, and for them to spend $8,000 was like me spending eighty, right? They didn't care. So what we did is we started, nah, well, we started asking ourselves important questions, the hard questions. Our CEO actually started having us ask these questions. And we didn't like asking these questions. You know, because it causes you to reflect on what you're doing. And generally, if you're successful at what you're doing, who wants to change it, right? But the point was, what, were the people, what benefit were the people getting one year out? We liked our 18 days. We thought it was great. But anyway, you know, we asked these questions. Was the information we were giving them like dumping it on and trying to drink water from a fire hose? Were we asking them to make too many changes too fast? I mean, they changed their whole diet. They changed their exercise. Some of them, you know, most of them, a lot of them, especially as more and more people with diabetes came, they could hardly walk. You know, so, I mean, we were asking them so many things. Go to bed early. Get up at 6 o'clock and go to the fitness center and stretch. 
when they could hardly, you know, button their, tie their shoes. Was the program too expensive? That's a no-brainer. Was the program realistic? So I have a question for you. What do you think the difference is between a realistic and a perfect program? And everybody speak up, you know, there's no really right answer. I just, you know, I love conversation, so what do you think? Right, okay, so what are you saying then? What would be the difference between a perfect program and a realistic program? Money, that's one factor, what else? Ease. Right, so, what, what good does it do if we give people the best information in the world, but they can't use it? They can't take it home and somehow appropriate it into their personal lives. Right. Now, that's wonderful. And we've come to believe that a perfect program is a realistic program. It's realistic for the people. And you know, it's a sad fact, but some of the highest obesity rates are in the poorest people in this country. Katya already mentioned that. Okay, so let me give you a little illustration. I like to use this. What is this? Everybody knows, I think. We, we shouldn't know this too much. <laughs> now, there's a lot of buttons on a remote control, aren't there? Personally, most people don't use these, and I only use three when I use this. Power on, off, channel, up and down, and volume up, down, right? <laughs> I don't really want you to try to tell me what the rest of the buttons do and how to use them. I'm not interested, just so I can use those three, right? Well, our 18-day program was like trying to teach people how to use every button on this remote from the manual. Like, most people don't want to learn every button on the remote. They just want the three-button approach. And so the full plate diet, this book right here. And, oh, Katja, I love, I love you. No, you know you. She's heard this so many times and said it's your turn to do this now. <laughs> so the full plate diet is what I call the three-button approach. It, it attempts to meet people where they're at, and it lets them change when they're ready, not when we think they're ready, and the price is not a barrier. And we'll talk about that um, a little later. So here is a couple statements that made me think about this concept of meeting people where they're at. This is from Signs of the Times. He set up his tabernacle in the midst of our human encampment. Obviously, this is referring to Jesus. He pitched his tent by the side of the tents of men that he might dwell among them and make them familiar with his divine character and love. There's a similar statement in Desire of Ages. But you know what? I love the picture that this paints of God meeting us where we're at. I mean, there is no greater example than meeting someone where they're at than the God of the universe. I can't imagine this incarnating, being incarnated in human fallen nature. I mean, this, he, this p pitching his tent by the side of the tents of the men. Have you ever gone camping? <laughs> so, you know, this is God meeting us where we're at. And his grace is constantly doing that every moment, is it not? 
Okay, so if this is the character of God, then he is asking us to do the same as we reach out to others. And I love this statement from um, Manuscript 116, page 1902. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself froward. That is, as God meets us where we are, so we are to meet men where they are. Let us not, by refusing to meet our fellow men where they are, place ourselves outside the compass of God's love and mercy. I mean, that made me think. If I don't try to meet people where they are, I'm placing myself out of God's compass of love and mercy. So those are things that made us think. So here's what, here's what we did with the full plate diet. We broadened our focus to weight loss because as Katja showed you, it's the huge, the biggest public health problem in America and in the world. It's now a pandemic, as she was saying. And we know that 70% of adult Americans are either overweight or obese. That's shocking. And here's the great news, which Katja referred to. If you help people lose weight, many of their other morbid, comorbidities, their chronic diseases, get better. And some improve and stop altogether. If a person is a type 2 diabetic and their insulin beta cells haven't been too destroyed, if they lose enough weight, their diabetes can go away. They have to, they have to maintain that lifestyle. But that's the wonderful thing. If you help people lose weight, you're helping them with so many other things. Now, in an effort to help meet people where they're at, we specifically designed this program so that you could facilitate it if you were a health professional or you weren't. So it's very easy to do if you're not a health professional. You don't have to be a doctor, a nurse, a fitness trainer, you know, any one of these things, even though it's okay if you are. And we don't use DVDs or PowerPoints, no, no offense, but I mean, this is cool here, but you don't need any equipment, any fancy equipment. Everything you need as the facilitator is in a book, a facilitator guide. Your whole script is there written in blue letters and your directions are written in black. That's all you need is this facilitator guide if you want to facilitate this program. And we're going to talk about facilitating in a little bit. Okay. So let me see, I get going and I um, get off my script here. <laughs> um, we also keep this very simple and easy to do so people feel empowered, right? Instead of overwhelmed, they feel empowered. I can't tell you, as the nutritionist at the Lifestyle Center, when people would leave the program, they say, oh, Diana, this was the greatest program. I just have no idea how I'm going to do this when I get at home. And I would say, pat them on the back, oh, you know, call me if you have any problems. <laughs> that wasn't very helpful. Um, so the, we developed the full plate diet food part to be based on one idea, whole fiber-rich foods. Not 12 ideas, not 15 things, whole fiber-rich foods. And you know, this is ingenious, and it didn't come from us, it came from God. We're just asking them, eat more whole fiber-rich foods. We're not saying, now, you need more vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and phytochemicals and don't eat trans fat and be sure your protein is good for your kidneys and blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm a, I'm a nutritionist. 
just focus on one simple thing, whole fiber rich food, and that idea is credible. There are reams of research showing the benefits of a plant-based diet. Um, so we want people to feel like when they read this book and do this program, oh, I can do this. Oh yeah, I can do this. And that's the typical response to the book and to the program. They can do something at their next meal. They can eat an apple. They can throw some beans on their salad at the salad bar. You know, they can add another vegetable. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to keep it simple so people feel like they can do this. So let me show you the materials really quick. And the reason I have seven chairs here is I'm gonna do, you're gonna do a little mini program taking a section from the book so you can see how easy this is to do and you're not going to be afraid to try it with your community. All right, so here's what, if you're going to facilitate this program, you buy a facilitator kit, your script, the full plate diet book, a workbook. Here is the book on CD. It's not a DVD, it's a CD. You can put it in your car and listen to it while you're driving. And then there's a little journal for people who are ready to take action. The other thing that's built into this program is not everybody that uh, comes to a weight loss program is ready to take action and commit. Some people are thinking about it. But if you're ready to take action, you know what action taking people love to do? They love to write things down, to keep track of stuff. You know, I mean, water, fiber, whatever. And this little book is for people who are ready to take action. If a person is not ready to take action, they don't use this book. And that's okay, they can come to the program anyway. Now, so all of this is $60 for eight weeks. That's not bad. Eight weeks, one hour. And if you're a participant, you're coming to the program, you get everything else except the facilitator guide. This is $40. Eight weeks, $40. How much a night is that? How much of an investment per night would that be? $40, eight, eight sessions. $5 a session. $5 a session. So look, that makes it easy for, and reachable even for people who are poor. Even for people who are poor. Um, so let me show you how this works. Oh, let me point out a couple other things. And I gotta, we got to do this quick. Um, on page 11, in this facilitator guide, is a re registration form. We already made this out for you. If you're going to do a group, I would be sure and have everybody fill out this little registration form. Um, it gives you information that you need and that you want now and that you will need. So we already have the registration form for you and I already pointed out that your script as the facilitator that you're gonna read is right here for you, the whole thing. The only thing you need to do before you run the class is read it through, just so you have a basic idea. Reading it through takes about 20 minutes if you're just reading it. And then the instructions are in black. All right, so let's see how this works. I need seven volunteers who would be willing to come up here and be a little um, group and sit in the chair. So leave your papers and stuff in your lap on your chair and just come and sit here. Whoops, you need, the, you need these. Wonderful. 
Okay, so we still have room for one more. Oh, good. It's good we have a couple gentlemen. All right, thank you so much for volunteering. Um, I'd like one of you to be, to, to be the facilitator. Who would like to be a facilitator? It's a volunteer. <laughs> so don't volunteer anybody else. I'll try. All right, great. So what you can do, you can sit right down, Marilyn, and put the books you have on your, and just lean them up against your chair, the other ones, because you're only going to use that facilitator guide. Great. Okay, everybody, what do you notice out of the bat? How are we conducting this? In a circle. Why do you think we have participants sitting in a circle? Right. This is a small group program designed for 18 to 15, eight, I'm sorry, 8 to 15 people. No more than 15. We used to say 20, but, but it's better with 15 or less. Now, why do you think we're doing this? What, can you, like, elaborate why you think we're having you sit in a circle? Or recommend you sit in a circle? Yes, sharing. Right. Small groups are wonderful for sharing and building friendships. This program is fabulous, not, for, not only for the people to build friendships in the group, but you with them, you with them. Scientific research shows one of the greatest ways that, to help people lose weight is by group support. And when people go through this program and they're about to end, they say, now what? We need to keep meeting. You know, now what can we do? And I can tell you about that. So this is an amazing friendship builder. And because it's small group, one of the critical factors is personal sharing. Um, and we'll talk about that later. So if you, by the way, if you sit behind tables in a classroom style, it immediately puts a barrier between you and other people and you're much less likely to share. You're more vulnerable when you're sitting in a circle like this. And the other thing is, you can't get out your iPhone and you know, look at your emails and text. <laughs> so it helps you stay focused. All right, great. Um, okay, we had a facilitator, by the way, I have to tell you this, in Tennessee, he, an SDA. He avoided this suggestion. He said, ah, that's not important. So after the first session, one of our staff called him and said, how did it go? Well, it wasn't bad, but n nobody was talking very much. And she asked him, well, did you sit in a circle? He said, no, you know, what's the big deal there? She says, look, just try it. You know, we suggest just try it. Next week, sat in a circle. He said it made the difference between night and day. So you're going to be tempted to let this little detail go. Don't. Don't do that. It'll make the difference between night and day. Okay, so Marilyn, you are going to be the facilitator, so I would like you to open the facilitator guide to page 15. And it's section 5, it's Roman numeral section 5, entitled, Are You Eating Enough to Lose Weight? Do you see that? Okay, now everybody else, you have a handout that has the material that they're going to be looking at, so you can follow along. Um, because you can't see it in the, you don't have the facilitator guide. So everybody out there, you have that six-page handout? You can follow along with this if you want. So you're going to start on page um, 15, section 5, and just go ahead and start reading, and I'll tell you when to stop. Now, everybody else in the group, just forget I'm here. 
Just pretend that Marilyn, this is your, her weight loss program. She's the facilitator. You are in her class. And when she asks you a question, answer it. Okay. <laughs> Just, you know, get into it. You're her group, okay? Okay, so now look, you guys, she has a facilitator guide, so you, okay, hold on a sec, okay, you, do, you just listen to her, you're not following along at all, all right, you, you, you know, you, she's going to instruct you what to do, and you are going to, just relax, yeah, no, you, oh, Marilyn's got the idea, she's taking charge, okay, okay, hold on one sec, okay, so, um, you know what? You don't have the facilitator script, but what you have are the power-ups that she's going to refer to, that you, you can look at, okay? Because you don't have the full plate diet book in your hands. Normally when we do these training, everybody has a book, everybody has a facilitator guide, and they can follow along, but you don't. But you know what you do have on your handout? You have the pages Xeroxed from the book. So when she says, turn to da 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 page in the book, you, you will be able to see that in your handout. And I'll show you, okay, as we go along. Okay, so you relax, listen to Marilyn, she's gonna take care of you. <laughs> Now she's talking to all you guys, so. Now remember, in the directions in black, it don't. Says pause. Pause, good. You paused. <laughs> but don't read those out loud. <laughs> those, the writing in black is for you, and the, the writing in um, blue is to read to them. Okay, so if you have a handout, that would be. Um, Sorry, that would be page three of your handout. So now she's gonna, they're gonna talk about this power-up illustration and you can see it as well. Okay, now my advice to you, you don't, don't you, yeah, just follow your script. Because you know, you don't, that's cumbersome for you to go back and forth between books. You, you just follow the script. Now she doesn't have it because she turned to the wrong book. She turned to the, the workbook instead of, and that happens sometimes. She says, I don't find it. You would look over and she, her, her, notice who helped her. The person next to her, perfect. <laughs> and that's how it works, you know? You don't have to deal with everything. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so in your handout, everybody, that's going to be the next page. Right, four. Right, page four. Good, thank you, great. Okay, everybody. That's as easy as it is to do this. Okay. Now, so let me point out a couple things. You did a great job. Um, now, no, this, is, this is like the very first session where we're addressing the food issue. No, and th now they know why most people are not eating enough to lose weight because they're not eating enough of these natural fiber-rich foods. Notice we're just having people focus on whole fiber-rich foods. And, you know, in this first, these power-ups, we've told them there is no fiber in dairy, but we didn't say don't eat it. There is no fiber in meat, fish, or chicken. We didn't say don't eat it, but now they're, they're seeing, you know, oh, these foods don't have any fiber, and the whole emphasis is if you want to lose weight and keep it off, those are the foods you have to eat a lot of. But we're not um, condemning these things out of the gate. We're focusing on the positive. 
focusing on the positive, on the affirmative, eat more of these things, not don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat this. And I think sometimes we make that mistake when we help people try to change their diet. We tell them all the negative things they shouldn't do. And if they happen to love meat, are they going to like want to go on? I mean, maybe the doctor scared them to death and they'll do anything, but this is a much more positive way of helping people eat more of these foods. These are nothing but plant foods, God's foods, right? But in those foods are the secrets of success. Yes. Okay, we're going to talk about the role, what a facilitator is, and the difference in this format, as opposed to an expert teacher. It's an excellent question. Don't forget it. Okay. And they also learn how, can you remember it? Oh, yeah. Great. Um, they also learn how to add these foods by powering up. That's the concept. Because the power to lose weight is in eating these foods. Okay, let's have one more person do a little facilitating trial. So who else in the group would like to? Oh, look. You see how easy it is to do, right? All right, so one more thing. We're, um, uh, I would like you to um, start on page 18. And what is your first name? Eichnold. Eichnold. Please turn to page 18. And we're actually now, we're all going to do a little self-check. And, and you're, in your handouts, this would be page 5. Page 5, but... But Eichnold, did I say it right? Yeah, Not bad? Okay, great. So you're going to turn to page 18, it's section 6, and it says 24-hour natural fiber-rich food inventory. It's a very short section, so go ahead and uh, read it all. Good. Okay, that's it. That, now, let me point out a couple things in this little exercise that hopefully you did. Um, this is a perfect example of the difference between perfect and realistic. If you wanted to get a perfect intake of how much somebody ate, you would have them do this three-day diet record thing, which is dietitians do. That isn't realistic. This is a little bit easier. And when people look at this list of foods and, they, and they're not circling anything, <laughs> they've condemned themselves, right? You didn't have to say anything. You're not eating enough of this. You're not eating it. You know, if they sit there and they're like, they haven't circled one of these foods, they're saying, well, ma well, maybe this is the reason I'm overweight. So it's a perfect way of them to kind of look at their own uh, intake without you pointing your finger at them. Now, each, let me point out one other thing. If, if there's an exercise and you're facilitating this and it says, take the next minute, it's important as a facilitator if you have a watch on with a second hand so you can wait one minute. If everybody happens to be done sooner, then you just go on. But it's important you have a watch because one minute can seem a lot longer than you think. You know, you might say, okay, 15 seconds, but it's really a minute. So that's important. Just a question, yes. If you're eating this way and you're going to get hungry? Sure, sometimes it may happen. Okay, we're going to talk about how to deal with questions in a minute, Hang, but that's good. Remember your question. It's, this has to do with facilitating versus teaching. All right, so let me ask everybody in the room this. This is an important question. How do you feel about a program that, in, that gives small bites of information instead of dumps a lot of information on people all at once? What do you think about that approach? I love it. It's rather precise. Right. You know... Right. It, see, you listen, we have to think about the person that we're working with. 
We might like to have a PowerPoint presentation with 35 slides. It makes us look very smart. But it's too much information for the average person. So we tried to have little pieces of information that they could deal with and use. Okay. All right, so now we're going to do another activity all together. So thank you, volunteers. You can go back to your seats, but leave the book on the chair. Um, the two books that belong to, to us. Yeah, the facilitator guide. Yeah, great. So I'm telling you, this is as easy as it is to do. Okay, so now we're all going to do this together. It's called a breakfast power-up challenge in your handouts. And I'm going to be the facilitator um, and read to you. And this would be page in your handout. Six. Page six in your handout. Thank you. So listen, for this exercise, I want you to think like a non-Adventist. <laughs> That's hard to do, I know, but... <laughs> but you, I want you to try to put yourself in somebody's shoes who's from poor rural Mississippi and not an Adventist or, you know, Florida or, you know, okay? Okay, so now listen, everyone. You've got to, I'm going to read you the directions right from this facilitator guide. I'm not, I'm not making this up. Now we're going to divide up into groups for a breakfast power-up challenge activity. So go ahead and move your chairs into groups of three or four, and then I'll give you the instructions. So what I want you to do is move your chairs into little groups of three and four, and you're going to work together. Um, and I'll tell you what to do in a minute. So, like, here's three. Yeah, that's three. There's four, four, four. And you can join right there. Right, so this is the power-up group with six. Oh, three and three. Perfect. Three and three. All right. Does everybody have their groups? All right. Now listen carefully to the instructions. Please turn to page six in your handout. Please turn to page six in your handout. Does everybody have it? It's called Breakfast Power Up Challenge. Do you, do you see it? Okay, good. On the left side of this page, you're going to see eight typical American breakfasts and the amount of fiber in each meal. You might want to notice that none of the meals contain more than a whopping two grams of fiber. So, these meals need some power-up help, don't they? Here's your task, if you should so choose to do this. <laughs> your task is to take a low or no fiber breakfast and power it up. The goal is to create a fiber-rich meal that you would actually see yourself eating, not just a meal crammed with as much fiber as possible. And the reason we said that is because so many people would have 80 grams of fiber or some ridiculous amount nobody would ever eat, right? So listen carefully. There's two ways you can do this. Number one, you can leave the meal as it is and just add fiber-rich foods to it. Or you can replace any food item with natural fiber-rich options. To help you do this, there's a list of fiber-rich foods on the next page of your handout. 
It's called the Shoppers Fiber Guide Plus. Do you see that? Okay, good. So these, this list includes the 55 fiber-rich foods in the book plus some additional items at the bottom of the page, breakfast items um, particularly. Each food in the Shopper's Fiber Guide has the number of fiber grams listed for a typical serving. You can use those numbers to get the total grams of fiber in your new power-up breakfast. Don't worry about serving sizes. Let me repeat that. Don't worry about serving sizes. So here's, the, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna take the next four minutes to do this. Plan to have somebody share your original meal followed by the power-up version and your new fiber total. Are there any questions before we, use, we get started? So I'm gonna... T I'm gonna tell you which meal. You're one, meal one. Yeah, two, you're three, Four, you're five, and you guys are six. Okay? I thought you were two groups there. Oh, yeah. You're just three, right. And they're four men. Are you going to be okay, four men? Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. Just remember now. Let one more. Let me interrupt you a minute. Think, think as a non-Adventist. Try to thi think about think about somebody who doesn't eat the way we do, doesn't maybe know what we know. Okay, Try, think it from that point of view. And you have four minutes. You do you know what you have to do? You're gonna take me. You're gonna take meal one. You can write here, right? And you are going to. Um, you're, you can do whatever you want. You can either add some fiber food to it, or you can take some of those out and replace them with fiber foods. Very easy. But listen, listen, everyone. Let me give you another instruction. We are very independent Americans, as Katja said. I want you to work together. You know, each one of you, I know, has a great idea, but you have to, as a group, decide <laughs> how you are going to change this meal and power it up. So, you know, talk together and then as a group decide, and you can write it in the space, okay? Right, you decide. Well, we'll keep the donut. No, we don't want to keep the, oh, okay, you know, work together. Yeah, that's good. All right, let me ask you, let me uh, interject something else. This gentleman asked, how many grams of fiber should you have at breakfast? Did you notice we didn't give any numbers of goals? The, the, the instructions were, create a meal that you could see yourself eating. Realistic, you know. So you don't want to put 50 grams of fiber in a breakfast meal. Think about it. Could you eat it? So, you know, this is, again, this idea of realistic versus perfect. This is realistic. Ask somebody to create a meal they could actually sit down and eat, not something that tips the scale for, you know, a winner of more grams. Of, you know, again, it's the idea of realistic.
So don't, who, group, what I'd like you to do is sh have someone stand up, tell us your original meal, and then your fiber power-up version and how many grams of fiber's in it. We know the original meal has z zero to two, right? Who wants to go first? Good, okay, so that's, you know, I, it, there isn't a right and wrong, but the point that is so critical here is trying to meet people where they're at in a stepwise fashion. It seems like the, the, the other countries are getting this a little easier than us. <laughs> okay, but it's, it's okay? All right, great. So listen, I want you to know that in this program, there are all kinds of activities with small groups like this where people work together and it builds relationships. They talk, you know, they have to share their ideas and they have to compromise and come together. So that is, the, I'm just giving you a taste of how this program goes. So I have to finish at 10 to 12? Okay, good. Five to 12? Okay, so I'm gonna skip one section here, this is good. So now what I want you to do is turn to page nine in your handout. And, um, For me, it's page 14 in the workbook here. Does everybody have page nine in their handout? Okay, good. Um, did I make all the points that I wanted to make from that? Right, working together. Oh, listen, not, not focusing on serving sizes is another example of realistic. If people care about the serving size, it's written in the book and it's on our, it's on product labels and on the website. But we're getting away from that dietetic obsession with serving. <laughs> I'm a nutritionist, I know. <laughs> we, you know, this is about having people eat these foods. Just eat more of these foods. And what God has put in these foods he goes to work. You know what I mean? It's eat these foods. Um, okay. Right. See, these foods have a lot of water and fiber. They fill you up. They, they're they're self-limiting. I mean, you can drink four glasses of apple juice like this, but try eating four apples one right after the other. You know, after a while, you see, I can't eat anymore. So it's amazing what God has put in these foods. Okay, so you are you on page nine of your handout? Yeah. Um, Oh, I need the workbook, sorry here, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so what you see on your handout, do you, what, let me see. You know what, I haven't looked at this. Yes, the spiral staircase of weight loss, but I wanna see if the picture is here. Oh yeah, uh, turn to page 10, and you see a picture of the spiral staircase of weight loss. Do you see that picture? looks like a kind of a, a, a actually looks like a staircase going up right so listen if you look at this this is telling you that losing weight is not an elevator ride straight to the top have we have you you've all ridden an elevator right you get in on the base, on the ground floor you press the button for the floor you want to go to and what happens hopefully <laughs> it goes straight up this is not how weight loss is for most people it goes through stages, and that's what's illustrated here. So what is stage one? It's written to the left of that picture. Stage one. Right, down here. Not ready to lose weight, right? What is stage two? 
You know what? You have to turn to page 10 and you'll see that. See the, see the picture? The spiral staircase of weight loss. Stage one, not ready to lose weight. Stage two, do you see that in your handout? Good. Okay, the next page has the picture. I'm sorry. Right, so stage one is at the bottom. What is the name of that? Good. What's stage two? What is stage three? Stage four. And stage five. Okay, now here's an important question. Which one of these five stages do you think most of the people coming to your weight loss program will be in? How many, how many think stage one? That are coming to the program. Coming to the program. How many think stage two? How many think stage three? How many think four? How many five? You know, a lot of you didn't vote. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you the answer. Oh, am I talking too fast? Most of the people that come to your weight loss program, and this is based on research, are going to be in stage two. Thinking about losing weight. They're just thinking about it. Now, you would assume, and I assumed this for a long time, that if, I'm, if, if people are sitting in a weight loss class, well, they must be ready to lose weight. Otherwise, what in the world are they doing there, right? They're actually only thinking about it. And coming to this class is helping them in the process of thinking about it. Now look, if you facilitate this program, this can be a big stumbling block for you to realize that most people are only thinking about it and they're not actually preparing and they've not actually made a decision. So let's learn more about stage two. So you turn in your handout to page 11. Spiral staircase of weight loss, thinking about losing weight. Does everybody have that in your handout? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do what's called an out loud read around. In this program, there are some short readings. They're never more than a page, because remember, we're presenting information in small pieces, not lots of it at once. So we, we give people the opportunity, while they're sitting in a circle, to read out loud one paragraph at a time. And we, if you're the facilitator, you don't look at somebody and say, you know, OK, let's do an out loud read around and you make someone feel uncomfortable, like they have to start reading, you just say, it's time for an out loud read around. Anybody who wants to start reading can start. And then when you're finished, somebody else can pick it up. That kind of non-pressure type of thing. So we're gonna do a group out loud read around. So who would like to start reading this page? When you're done, when you're finished, just stop, and somebody else can start where you left off. So go ahead, now you have to read loud enough so we can all hear you. At some point, everyone who successfully read loud can help me get out. Great, okay, so that's an example of the out loud read around. I cannot tell you how, how people identify with these traps. I mean, you know, the, the, you can hear them groaning and saying, oh yeah, this is me, the magic moment, you know, the perfect time. <laughs> okay. 
So the 10 tools I'm not going to talk about today due to time, but now here's the important point. If you are facilitating this program, leading out, and you know that most of the people in the class are just thinking about losing weight, they, they have not made the decision, they've not made the commitment, what kind of actions should you not require of the people in your class? Well, let me ask you a question. Have they already committed the $40 to get the book in the... Yes, they paid. Okay. We don't, we haven't set it up so they come to a screening. They pay first. So, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Could you no, no. Question? No, that's okay. So if you know that most people in your group are just thinking about losing weight with these kind of characteristics going on in this stage, what as a facilitator would you not want to require of your participants? No weigh in. No weight checks. No recording your weight loss every week. No weighing in to, at the start. What else would you not require? What? A food log. No food log. What else would you not require? Reporting in. Right. Recording exercise, water intake. Are all those things important? But if you're just thinking about losing weight, you're not in the action stage. All of those behaviors are action behaviors. Those are for people, they've made a commitment, they're making changes, they're getting ready, they're taking actions. If you ask somebody who's not committed to action to take action, what happens? No. How many of you have taken an action prematurely or done it because somebody else wanted you to? How long did that last? <laughs> no, it doesn't last because it has to come by choice. Remember our talks? Well, if you were here, God, get, God wants us to make a choice to respond to his love, to choose him. So it is with lifestyle. It's personal choice. I can't tell you the number of people I've tried to guilt into changing their lifestyle and hammering and badging. I think the first Poor, poor, the first poor victim was my son. You know, I've learned this a bit late, but um, I say better late than never. Okay. So, however, and I know where you're going, and I'm, I'm going to go there. Don't be surprised if participants actually do this on their own. We've, I've watched this time and time again. They listen. They're watching what other people are doing. They're, 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 listen, there's always going to be somebody, one or two people in your group that are action people. Every week they're going to come and tell you all the actions they're doing. I did this, I did that. The people that are thinking about it are just staring at them. Like, what are they talking about? But they're listening to somebody, taking action and getting results. And it starts moving their mind toward making a decision to take action. And I mean, we had one woman in the very first session we ever ran, we piloted it in a telephone company, Chickasaw Telephone in Sulphur, Oklahoma. And the receptionist of the company was the facilitator and it was all employees. And there was one woman sitting there, she never said a word in any of the sharing time. We had no idea what she was thinking. But on the sixth class, 
Six out of eight. She raised her hand for sharing time, and we were all waiting with bated breath. You know, what is she going to say? And she said, you know, I went to put on my favorite pair of pants, and they were too big. So I got on the scale. I've lost 11 pounds. We never even knew. She never said a word. But she was looking at these power-ups. She was listening to other people. They were bringing in products. They were saying things they were doing. So she quietly. See, what I love about this is it allows people to quietly make decisions. Maybe they're not the kind of person like me who loves to talk. They're not sanguine. They're not an extrovert. But things, you know, they're listening. They're not missing anything. So this allows people to do this without condemnation and judgment. That's what I love about it. Um, so this is the last very important discussion question. This is a facilitated weight loss program. What is the difference between facilitating a program and teaching? Assisting, group participation. What is a teacher? Right. A teacher should be an expert, and they are imparting information to you. Right? You are sitting there. You want this expert information. You're taking notes, or you're going to get the PowerPoint slides. I mean, that's what graduate school is, you know? That's what school is, basically. You know, they give you as much information as they possibly can. Your job is to understand it and regurgitate it in the form they want. And I think there's a place for imparting information and teaching. Don't get me wrong. I actually love it. But I think too many of our programs have been heavy on the teaching, imparting information side. And if people don't know what to do with this, they haven't personalized it, it isn't going to make an impact on their life. This program is facilitating, and facilitating is a guide. So you're not there as an expert imparting information. You're there to guide the program and allow for sharing and interaction. In fact, I have time to read this to you. On page 14 of the facilitator guide, this is your script, it actually spells out your role as the facilitator. It's beautiful. And by the way, we do have health professionals, uh, nutrition uh, nurse practitioners. We've had doctor facilitate this. Um, so it can be done. And I want to talk a little bit about this in a minute. But let me read this to you. You don't have this in your notes. Here's the facilitator talking to their group. Let me take a moment and introduce you to the format of the program. The information in this facilitator guide will lead us through our eight sessions together. As the facilitator, everything I need to share is written out word for word. I'll be reading the directions for each activity, allowing time to share, helping us stay on topic and on time. Each session will last about one hour. Our goal is to have a relaxed atmosphere, but to keep the program moving. Then it says pause. <laughs> Here are things you will not be required to do. You won't be required to weigh in, report your weight, count calories or fiber, give up any specific foods, or take action before you're ready. And finally, my personal favorite, you won't be required to be responsible to me because I'm not the weight loss police. So, 
you may be wondering, how can this program actually help me lose weight? Here are three big ways it can help you do that. Number one, you're going to learn how to eat enough to lose weight. That's the power-up concept. Number two, you're going to learn ten ways to make weight loss permanent. This is the ten tools which we didn't talk about. Number three, you will find out if you're actually ready to lose weight now, and if not, how to get ready in the future. And in the program, there's a four-question assessment that they take, it takes about five minutes, and it tells them it, whether they're ready to lose weight or not. We've had several women say, wow, you know, I thought I was closer to ready, but I can see I'm not. So they said to me, should, should I leave? I said, no, stay because this will help you get ready. So it's perfect for the person that's not ready, and it's also really helpful for the person that is. Um, okay, so uh, let, me let me ask you a few more things. The, uh, so the effective approach to this is just read the script. Let the script do the work. You don't have to come to class every week with the latest research study and, you know, more, more materials. You can just relax and, and let that script lead. Now, how do you like the idea of facilitating a program instead of teaching it? What? Right, less stressful. What do you think? What do you think, um, you're all health professionals, what do you think about um, facilitating a program instead of teaching it? Right, it's one, yeah, good. And so listen, if you know that people are just thinking about losing weight, and this is, a, you're a facilitator, what kind of hats do you not, you're, you're a facilitator now, you're not an expert teacher, what kind of hats would you not want to wear when you sit down and, and you're facilitating this group? What hats would you kind of want to put to the back of your head? Okay, good, so here's, I, here's my little illustration here. You want to leave your expert hat off. What other hat would you want to leave off? What? Judgment? Yeah, good. That, that would come under, what's another way to say that? <laughs> yeah, you've got it. How about control? Oh, fix it, sorry. Yeah, so you're not there to fix people. I mean, this is very hard for dietitians and doctors and nurses because they are there to fix people, right? <laughs> and then going along with fix it is? <laughs> you're not there to control their behavior. Now, I have to say this. Um, if you are a health professional and you can't take that hat, these hats off, it's perfectly okay. You know, I've had several doctors endorse this. They said, this is a great program, but I could never facilitate it because I can't take my doctor's hat off. I live 24-7, you know, that way. I said, fine, but you know what they said? I'm going to have somebody else in my church who's very comfortable in the role of facilitator facilitate this. And that is wonderful. If you can't take your control hat off, 
don't facilitate this. I had a lay woman, lay person in the church. She's very knowledgeable about health. I mean, she reads, 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 reads. And she loves to tell people what to do. <laughs> and, you know, a little probably judgmental and all that. You don't know her, so it doesn't matter. She said, Diana, I can't do this program. I have to be fixing people and telling them what to do. I said, she says, but here's three ladies in my church that don't love to do that. They will facilitate the program. I said, great. And she came. She was very supportive. If you, you need to know your heart on this because the program isn't going to be successful if you're trying to be an expert teacher and facilitate it. It's not designed for that. It's really friendship building. All right, so how do you feel about this facilitation versus teaching? What do you think? I'd love to hear your opinions. Well, I think it's good, and I think that's uh, best. It's the right. Okay, good question. But, and I, I want to get into this. Any other thoughts on this facilitating versus being an expert teacher? Uh, do you recommend and feel that you've done the program for a certain amount of time yourself? Uh, yeah, but no, but listen, it's not a prerequisite because, because the lady that facilitated in the phone company said, you know, I need to lose weight. I don't do this. That's the nice thing about it. You don't have to be walking the walk to facilitate it. But when somebody says, so how much am I going to lose? Okay. Okay, good. So now let's go to this. This is very important. There's a ton of information out there, so much confusing information, especially when it comes to food. This one focus is asking people to eat more whole fiber foods. They see what they are because they're pictured in the book. So you as the guide want to keep getting them back to eat, just eat more of these foods. It's not about how good coconut oil is, um, how good the, the, the blood type diet is. You know, all of these things can be digressions. But so let's say you're facilitating this and somebody says, hey, well, should I eat coconut oil? Now, I facilitated it and I'm a nutrition professional. So I do have an opinion, and I would love to give them advice. But what do I do as facilitator? I actually, I actually can do this now, and I love it. <laughs> Took me a long time to get there. But what, what could you say as a facilitator, having, you know, putting these hats on the back burner, right? What would you say in this kind of facilitated group format? To be honest with you, this is Okay, what do you think about that response? She said, she said, you could say, honestly, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about whole fiber foods, and this is getting us off track. If somebody asks about coconut oil, that would be, what, what, what do you think about that response? Okay. Okay, so I, it's really important what you said. It's a, it is a comment that would shut somebody down. If you said, well, that's not the topic tonight. I mean, this, let me tell you. Several years ago, that would have been my response. <laughs> You're getting me off topic, you know, whatever. But so that's probably not probably the most warm and, and, and engaging way. What else could you say? You know, let's think about it. This is critical. I mean, Can we have a special day for questions? 
A special, well, they, there can be a question every session. So, okay, now how do you, now let, let me, yeah, it doesn't answer the question, but how do you feel when you ask me a question and I say, hold that thought, I'll get to it later. How did that make you feel? <laughs> You're, you kind of feel like, well, is she ever going to get to my question, you know? Actually, I'm trying not to do that, but I did it three times today, sorry. So that's probably not good because it does make feel, people feel put off. They'll stop asking because they think she's never going to answer my question. What else could you do? She would ask, what other oils do you use? Now there, there is a trap. Right, so what else could you do? Remembering the focus is on whole fiber-rich foods. This is very good. I'm glad we have the time to do this because this is, this is critical. You're a facilitator. It's a facilitated program. It's about them, not you. Can you why don't we choose a different kind of oil from this list? Actually, we have no oils on that list. <laughs> oh, okay, fat sources. We have fat. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out if nobody gets it. So what do you? What do you think? Well, all right, someone's going to get it. I'll, I'll give you a couple more minutes to flounder around. <laughs> no. Well, I took a marriage course from Pastor Tucker, and he said when we asked a question, he reverted back to them. Okay, so let's say someone asks you, well, what about coconut oil? How would you? Well, are you familiar with coconut oil? Would you say coconut oil? And then that person says, well, no, I'm not. That's why I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> then you say... You, you want to give a hint? Right, you're not the expert. But say you are the expert. I, I, you know, I could answer that question. Okay, yes? So you say as the facilitator, good question. Who would like to go home this week and bring a little bit of research back, you know, that you can share for one minute at the beginning of our session next week? And then say, you doing this class and you don't know? You want to tell us? You're not going to tell us? <laughs> well, right. <laughs> I, what I say as a health professional, if I'm facilitating this, I say to you, this is what I say. I say I am a nutritionist by profession, but I'm facilitating this, so I'm taking my professional nutrition hat off. And when a nutrition question comes, I actually say, who would like to do a little research, come back and, and tell us a thought or two next week in the sharing time? Two things happen. They, they, they don't do it. You're fine. You know, they got too busy, or they didn't want to, or somebody else said, well, I'll do it. And then they come back and they, okay, did you want to tell us, uh, just, this is just brief, share, share a thought on coconut oil, they share a thought, and then you say, okay, thank you so much for sharing, let's move on with the program. You don't judge what they shared. I can actually do this. I've had horrendous nutrition information shared. I don't pass judgment on it.
Right. Right. We're going back to the program. Thank you so much for sharing. You know, and you're keeping them back to whole plant foods. Now, here's the thing. If a person knows I'm a health professional and they say, well, listen, we want your professional opinion. I said, okay, when the session's over, if you want to talk to me about that, I'll talk to you afterward one-on-one -on -one or, you know. And I don't get diverted from the program at all. Well, here's what I, th this is what I would say. I would say I am a professional nutritionist, but this is the role that I'm going to take as your facilitator, and I read it right from the script that I read to you. So now they know that's my role. But if somebody comes up with a nutrition question, I will throw it back to them. Who would like to do a little research and share your opinion next week? And then they say, okay, what about your professional opinion? I say, if you would like to know when the class is over, I'm happy to share just a couple minutes. I don't get on, on, I don't get on a high horse. I don't get out lecture notes. You know, I don't go into it in any depth. And, but I just go right back. So, okay, let's, let's continue on with the program. It's perfect. I mean, I've seen it done over and over. People are fine. You're keeping them on track. They expect it. But as I said, there are health professionals who can't do this. They have to immediately start lecturing about coconut oil. It's okay if they want to, but they shouldn't probably facilitate this program. Now, the non-professional loves it. I don't know anything about that. Who would, like to <laughs> who would like to go and then come and tell us for a minute next week what they learned? And the, the key, though, is when they share, you have to gently stop it. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. Let's move on. You know, otherwise, you're going to have this debate <laughs> going on and on. No, not really, because you spelled out your role. You're, they would be shut down if you were an expert teacher and they asked you a question and you did not answer it. I mean, all these talks that I go to, I'm raising my hand, I want answers to my questions. If somebody's standing up there talking about age-proofing the brain as an expert, I'm going to ask questions and I want her to answer. So that's perfectly legitimate. But if you have defined your role as a facilitator, not an expert, they will not feel shut down because that's not your role. Okay. Are you are you a health professional? Are you a nurse? I'm a nurse, but I don't practice as a nurse. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's okay. But we, you know, you can. It's a. It is a conflict for the professional mind. That's why I'm saying, if you can't see it, don't don't facilitate it. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not. It's perfectly okay. Uh, yes. Correct. The facilitator himself is not expected to answer all of these technical questions. And the teacher is expected to exactly. I'm paying for class, I, I raise my hand. I'm looking for an answer. Exactly. So this is part of the way I link and keep this information in my mind and be able to give it to others. Exactly. Because there's no reason for me to be taught by someone and not be able to teach someone. Exactly. So, Right, and that's, that's a great point. And you know, when I was in graduate school, when there were bad teachers, and I knew the amount of money I was paying for a class, I was incensed. 
because I expected at that level that that person would be a good teacher and that, that you know they could do more than just hand you a sheet of paper you know what I mean but this expectation is different and listen, it's hard for us as Adventists. I'm, I'm the first to admit it, because we often are in this professional expert role imparting information to people, you know, constantly. Yeah. The I'm beauty of this is that people learn with each other. Ex by thank you. Bring motivation to learn. Because it's not that they're listening to somebody, this is what you got to do, and this is what's right, this is what's wrong. Yes. We're together learning. Yes. So that's why it empowers people. Yes. To search information. Yes. It's not going to be discussions and debates on all the different debates that we can get. It's really bringing the fire in. Right. And people bring products and then they want to share recipes. And you know, it's perfectly all right. If you want, oh, you want to make a dish and bring it for us to taste next week? Fabulous. If the person brings a dish with lots of vegetables and meat in it, right. You know, uh, that's happened to me and I've said, you know what, I think this is so wonderful. But personally, for health reasons, I, I am staying total plant-based, total fiber food, so I can't taste your dish. But that's a personal health thing. I'm so sorry. But everybody else eats it. I don't make them feel bad that their dish had beef in it. You know what I mean? There's tactful ways if you don't want to eat that. You know, I've actually tasted something with an animal product so as not to offend somebody else. God knows my motivation, and I was not condemned. <laughs> no, not at all. And so, yeah, I mean, that's it, yes. Um, many times in groups you find some people, though, that tend to want to take over. Oh, good point. And let's say with, with the coconut oil, they know the answer, and they're going to give you a whole lecture. I mean, and if you right. have a way to stop in them, they talk the whole hour. Right. And in our facilitator guide in the beginning, we have tips for how to facilitate. And, and we are going to actually have training sessions for facilitators. We feel that this, this is an area that needs um, improvement in our, in our outreach materials. How to handle the person that wants to talk ever, you know, answer every question, shut everybody else out. Anyway, let me read you a few facilitator comments and then we are done. By the way, it's eight sessions, one hour a week. Could you address the, the ladies' questions? Okay, so what would you say as facilitator if someone says, oh, beans, heights and fiber, I can't eat those, I'm gassing forever. <laughs> what would you say as facilitator? Now you know, what would you say? This is, it should be an easy answer. Right. Who would like to, who would like to go home and, and do some research and find out how we can do the, avoid the gas problem? I know how. I can tell you, if you use garlic, sugar in the beans, I mean, that helps. <laughs> you know what else you might do? You, someone, you could say someone, research it, and say, hey, does anybody have any suggestions in the group right now? Nobody has because they, they, they all have the same problem. So then you say, okay, you know. So that's the way you do it. And then when they come back and share, I have shared. These are great suggestions. Let me add one as a professional. I'm going to take off my facilitator hat. I'm going to take, put on my professional hat and tell you, here's one little hint. Boom. Then I take the hat off and put the other one back. What is it? <laughs> Well, let me read these references to you, and then I'll tell you afterward. Because Katya has a time thing, and I want to respect. She is 
so graciously given me all this time. Oh, the Bible was not written for the scholar alone. On the contrary, it was designed for the common man. I love this from Steps to Christ. We designed this program for the common man, not for the scholar. Okay, and then um, it's uh, small groups, eight one-hour sessions, the facilitator program, $60, participant, 40. It's easy to facilitate whether you're a health professional or not. Um, you're a leader, not an expert. Chairs in a circle, we talked about that. It gives you bite-sized pieces of information. And the participants decide what, when, and how much they want to change. It's their decision when they're ready. Now here's some Adventist facilitators. Larry Folsom from Crescent City SDA Church. This is a non-threatening method to meet people where they are and help them improve their health <clears throat> to a level they are comfortable with. Plus the program itself is so simple. You don't count calories or weigh or measure your food. There are no PowerPoint slides. This is something I can easily follow myself all right, um, share and share with others, thank you. <clears throat> Leslie Kaza, our community people love the program. The small group sharing format was perfect for making friends and winning confidence. Some guests started attending prayer meeting and church. Not only was weight loss, but other lifestyle diseases are improving. And then last, this is Susan Harbolt. She's a nurse practitioner. She's done this program over and over and over again. This is my favorite health program to mingle with people as one who desires their good, Ministry of Healing. I love how it meets people where they are, takes them to a better place, giving them hope instead of guilt. The practical positive focus is on what to eat, not what not to eat. It provides effective, healthy weight loss. People love it. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.